Daily Desert. Come and get the latest and the greatest sports news through the eyes of a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Come on and get the sports news. Chill out with some good dudes. Talk about it, let's act the fool. In Arizona, but I drip this I'll be living my life, doing it right, keeping it real on the mic. Come get that sports talk. Oh yeah, come follow the hype. Thanks someone that do it better. What's up? Welcome into yet another edition of the Daily Desert Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Garcia. And alongside me is no one today. This beautiful voice that you're hearing will be riding solo on the Daily Desert Podcast. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. However, you may do on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or for free on the iHeart. Radio app. A little bit later in the show, I'll get you some picks, get you some power rankings. Maybe you're going to bet a little. Maybe you want to know what I think is the best team in the NFL. A little later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about my response to Dak Prescott winning his big game the other day. Do I still think he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback? We'll see a little bit in a rant that I'll have later on in the show. But until then, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders and what they're doing to Derek Carr. I'm going to take a stand on a hill that I'm willing to die on. And it just might be my most controversial take that I've ever said on the Daily Desert podcast or on social media platforms. But here it goes. Derek Carr is a good to very good quarterback in the NFL. Somewhere in that 10 to 12 range is where I would put Derek Carr. But yet there's a report coming out that the Raiders are essentially getting rid of him. He won't be the backup. And here's why. That's a lot of financial jargon. But to sum it up, basically, if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, it's easy for them to get rid of him before the Super Bowl. And if that's the case, they won't have to give him a bunch of money that he's owed after the Super Bowl, I believe, that they're going to basically be stuck with him. And I don't understand it at all. Derek Carr has had six coaches in his nine-year career. Meaning, if you really average it out, He gets about two seasons with a coach. And for many people, it takes about three years to really get into a system, but I digress when it comes to that. Derek Carr has shown us that he can put a team on his back four stretches, not in the playoffs, we haven't seen that yet, but we saw last year four straight wins, including a win against, in my opinion, a top five quarterback in Justin Herbert to go to the playoffs. Derek Carr is more than serviceable and is so disrespected and I don't understand. He has given everything to the Raiders fan base and I don't even think the fan base really wants him to go. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I think they understand. But the Raiders, I believe, are doing a disservice to Derek Carr and themselves. But let's just kind of go through it really quickly. He has 27 fourth quarter comebacks and I believe if my numbers aren't wrong, 33 game winning drives. I'm not sure how much better the Raiders can do than that. Yes, Derek Carr makes a boneheaded play. So does everyone in that 10 to 12 range. The Dak Prescotts, the Jimmy G's, the, the Jared Goffs of the world. Those quarterbacks, we know, they can't win you a Super Bowl. They're probably not going to get you to a conference championship game, but they are more than serviceable to get you to the playoffs. And don't try to get happier than happy. Raiders, let's turn it over to you. There's some good quarterbacks on the market in the free agency this year. Now, are you willing to let Derek Carr go, the good and the bad that we know, for a chance to go get Tom Brady? I don't think you'll get him. I'm assuming he will probably go to the 49ers or retire. Or who knows, maybe he goes to the Dolphins. Maybe he just gets rid of it as a whole. Maybe he just retires. Lamar Jackson is not, in my opinion, at all going to hit free agency. If they don't reach a long-term decision, he will absolutely get franchise tagged, in my opinion. And that leaves quarterbacks like Mike White, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, who has, who has taken a step back, not too much, but a step back from where he was at the beginning of the season. 
I'd say they're roughly the same where Derek Carr is a little better, even though Geno Smith's having a career year for himself. So ask yourself, Raiders, don't try to get happier than happy. You already have a serviceable quarterback. Now people might tell me, well, Ben, you don't understand. They're going to go draft a quarterback. That may be true. But is that quarterback able to go in right now and get you in the playoffs and be prepared to see what the playoffs has? Because Derek Carr, although he's only played in one playoff game, everyone forgets that he was injured in that one against the Texans a long time ago. He does have playoff experience. He does understand what the playoffs are. Rookies don't. So if you bring in a rookie, you have guys that are ready to win now. Colton Miller on the offensive line, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, a very good run. We don't even know if they're going to be able to keep him. Darren Waller will be back from injury. Hunter Renfro who's older than people really would probably think he is. So don't try to get happier than happy, Raider fans. Because you might strike out, and you might be left with Jarrett Stidham. And if you are, it's going to be a tough, tough road. Because you think it's bad with Derek Carr, Raiders organization. Not really speaking to the fans, more speaking to the organization. Wait until you have Jarrett Stidham. If you get Tom Brady, if you get Lamar Jackson, I don't think you will. Sure. Maybe. Not even maybe. That would work out for you. But don't try to get happier than happy because Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback in this league. 10 to 12 range for me. And then for Derek Carr, if he goes to the Jets with that offensive line, with people coming back next year, that's going to be better. Brees Hall will be back. Garrett Wilson and a top five defense in the league right now. Derek Carr's got options. And I promise you, there'll be a line out the door for Derek Carr. So I made a prediction last week on the Daily Desert podcast that was by far and away my most popular take, my most popular prediction, my most popular opinion by far. I'm talking thousands of views, thousands of likes, over 700 comments or so of people with no profile picture ripping me a new one on a personal level, and it was just beautiful. It was everything I dreamed of when I started this career, when people either push back on my opinion or when people say, you know what, Ben, that was actually kind of insightful. I genuinely thoroughly enjoy it. You guys gave me a great Christmas. Thank you so much for that. I love you guys' takes. I love you guys' opinions. Go ahead and keep on firing them back to me. But honestly, this will probably be one of the very few times I respond to one of my takes because I'm not going to react to your reaction of my reaction. It's just not what's going to happen. But without further ado, this is what I said last week on the Daily Desert Podcast. Now, I may have been a little premature to say the Dallas Cowboys were going to lose at home in a game in which they were favored by five and a half when I bet on it against a backup quarterback in a must-win situation to stay alive in the division. But if you want to hang your hat on that, Cowboy fans, and call Dak Prescott an elite quarterback in the NFL and he could take you to a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, you go right ahead and knock yourself out with it, Cowboy fans. But I got a little bit of statistics for you. In four playoff games, three of them, which are being at home, Dak Prescott is 1-3. in three, And in one game, he wasn't even that good. It's the game that he won. A passer rating of 83.6 and one touchdown and one interception and 226 passing yards. That is the only playoff win on his resume and his stat line. And in his last three playoff games, he hasn't had a passer rating of over 100. If you think a quarterback who has played three of the last four playoff games at home, who is one in three and has a total touchdowns of six and three interceptions and a pass rating is 87.9. Oh, and then by the way, the last three games, he only had three touchdowns and two interceptions can carry you to a Super Bowl. You go right on ahead and say that Cowboy fans knock yourself out. I don't mind, but let me tell you this. 
This is a huge year for Dak Prescott because he might get the chance and the opportunity to match up with the terrible NFC South divisional winner and then a chance to go up against the Philadelphia Eagles and prove doubters like me wrong at the link when Jalen Hurts is healthy, when Lane Johnson is healthy, and a chance to prove me wrong. But I don't think he will. Because although I think Dak Prescott is a B- minus, a B quarterback, unless you have a hell of a lot of things around him, he can't carry you to Super Bowl, and I don't even think he can carry you to an NFC Championship game. One and three in the playoffs. No passer rating of over 100 in the last three playoff games. That's not an elite quarterback to me. That's not Joe Burrow. That's not Patrick Mahomes. That's not Jalen Hurts. That's not Josh Allen. But if you want to hang your hat on that, Cowboy fans, then go right on ahead and please continue to push back at me. So here's a headline that made breaking news earlier in the week, and it was a really big story that I wanted to talk about, so I'm here to talk about it now. The Denver Broncos have fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett a couple of days ago. I think it was warranted. I totally agree with it. Schematically, he looked bad. Schematically, it didn't even look like his players knew what they were doing half the time. I think he was way in over his head. I think his offense was so predictable, very similar to a Joe Lombardi, Cliff Kingsbury, not the same system, but the fact that their plays were very predictable. It's almost like the defense knew what was coming Every single time. Russell Wilson wasn't even changing his hand movements when he played the Seattle Seahawks. They were literally calling out his plays when he played the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. So I think it was totally warranted by Nathaniel Hackett. I think he did, pardon the pun, a hack job for the Broncos. But here's the bad news. I don't think the Denver Broncos' problems are solvable. At least for the next two years. And here's why. The problem, although Nathaniel Hackett had severe issues, I think... The other 40%, 35% of the problem is Russell Wilson. I don't think I'm alone there. Russell Wilson's contract is bad. They gave up Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, good players. Shelby Harris was severely underrated last year and just got thrown into that trade when he went to the Seattle Seahawks. Noah Fant, a very good serviceable tight end and gave away multiple picks. I believe two firsts, three seconds, something like that. But Russell Wilson not only doesn't look like himself, looks like a complete shell of himself. And now, he just looks tiny compared to other players on the field. I don't know what the issue is. I really am afraid that Russell Wilson just got old overnight, similar to a Peyton Manning issue. But let me read you the statistics of Seattle Seahawk Russell Wilson, his healthy year. Not last year, but his healthy year, because last year he missed a bunch of games too with a finger issue. 68% completion percentage, 4,200 yards passing, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a passer rating of 105.1. That's Russell Wilson just two years ago. And now, Russell Wilson threw uh, 15 games of the season, 60% completion percentage, 3,000 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and 82% passer rating. That is awful. That is bottom third in the league easy. Russell Wilson, forget being a top 10 quarterback. I don't know if he's top 20 at this point. And I'm being serious. I don't know if Russell Wilson's a top 20 quarterback in this league anymore. I would lean towards, he's probably 19, 18. Maybe he does come back a little bit. But Russell Wilson needs to do a full 180. Not even 90 degrees, a full 180. If Russell Wilson just steps it up a little next year, half the way that he's been this year, 
they're not going to be a good team still. And Russell Wilson won't be a good quarterback. He'll be a middle-of-the-pack quarterback at best. So here's the problem. I don't think it's solvable. Unless Russell Wilson completely turns it around, the Broncos are trapped. Even if they even if they hit the lottery and get Sean Payton as their head coach, the best head coach on the market right now, I believe they're completely trapped. I believe that there's nothing that they can do. And I really just think for the next two years, they have to write it out, see what Russell Wilson could do next year because they don't have a choice. And then if he's the same quarterback, I know it's a lot of money. And maybe you want to keep him as a backup. Fine. But he can't be your starting quarterback anymore. Because Russell Wilson, on the deal that he is on, it's just not worth it. Maybe to even have him as a distraction as a backup quarterback. I might just cut him all the way. Because the problem with franchises is they stay where they're at. They stay stagnant because they keep making the same mistakes. Look at the Cardinals. Say whatever you want about Kyler Murray. I think he's a franchise quarterback. They had Josh Rosen. Realized he sucked. Got him out of there and drafted Kyler Murray. You have to be able to adapt and move quickly, Broncos fans. Otherwise, you're going to be here for a long time. And I looked it up today, and I was was thoroughly surprised when I saw this. Russell Wilson is 34 years old, and at this time next year, he'll be 35 years old. He just turned 34 in November. He looks like an old 34-year-old. Ask any person that's been watching Russell Wilson for a long time. I feel like I'm really good with this because I am a Cardinals fan. I've been watching him tear us up in the division for years. Russell Wilson's best ability was not his improvising. I believe that was his second ability. Although, if someone wants to say to me that's his best, I won't really get an argument from that. I totally understand that. But Russell Wilson's best ability was the deep ball. So many times I've seen him streak down the sideline on his back foot damn near and throw a line pass right to Tyler Lockett for 50 yards in the air, touchdown over the defender's head. That was Russell Wilson's bread and butter, and I believe that's gone now. He doesn't even look like he can hit the, he can hit the deep ball anymore. Looks like he's slipping on his throws. It looks like he just doesn't have the velocity that he used to, and that is really, really bad. It's very similar to a pitcher losing his fastball, or losing a couple of ticks on his fastball. It's huge. And his scrambling ability it doesn't really look like it's there either. Maybe he's taken too many hits. Maybe he's taken just too much blunder over the years that his body can't take it. And overnight, it just said, sorry, Russell, we're done. But the Broncos have a decision to make next year, not this year. They have to run it back with Russell Wilson next year. But next year at this time, they might have to decide to cut Russell Wilson and cut bait, start anew. Because although... Even if they hit the lottery and get the best coach, their problems aren't solvable. Russell Wilson and the Broncos, the main issue now, now that Nathaniel Hackett gone, is Russell Wilson. And I'm afraid he's washed. It's that part of the week where I give you my top five teams of the week. Dylan is not here to give his today. He's busy. It's all good. You got me riding solo. We'll be quick here. Let's go over the top five teams in the NFL right now. Number five, I got the Minnesota Vikings still. Minnesota Vikings are a very good team with a quarterback that I don't trust. I love Kirk Cousins. 
but when the lights are most bright, do I trust him? Not really. So for that reason, I have my five. I love their roster. I love what they're doing. But also, I believe they've had nine or eight games of one possession wins. That is not sustainable next year. I can't wait to give you my next year's predictions because I'll probably have the Vikings scaling back, maybe still winning the division, but definitely scaling back because those nine straight wins or eight straight wins, I don't exactly know the number, are not attainable. You think of things like the Bills game, them fumbling at the one. That's a big issue. That probably that ball likely won't land the Vikings way next year or the Indianapolis Colts choking a 33 point league. That likely won't happen next year. So we're just stating the obvious here. The Vikings are probably going to pull back and those nine games are not sustainable. Those eight games are not sustainable to be able to go on those one possession wins. That's just hard to do in the NFL. It's hard to win. It's harder to win by one possession in the NFL. That's some of the bad, but let's talk about the good. Justin Jefferson having a career year, a possibly all-time year with a chance to break the all-time wide receiving record In terms of yards, Cooper Cup tried to do it last year. He didn't. He failed. But we'll see if Justin Jefferson can do it. I think he will. I love Dalvin Cook. The offensive line is playing better than it has in years recent. I love Kevin O'Connell in real high-pressure situations. For that reason, got the Vikings at five. Number four, Buffalo Bills. They either blow you out or they lose. That's the Buffalo Bills motto. Either they're going to blow you out or they're going to lose the game. I have more other concerns with the Buffalo Bills. Their wide receivers really haven't been showing up these past few weeks. And Josh Allen has been really really bad the last few weeks and here's why i've been beating this drum for a while but they're too josh allen dependent they don't have a sustainable run game their offensive line is mediocre at best at times and their wide receivers like i said before have not been showing up although i like josh allen as a top three quarterback in this league they're gonna have a home playoff game i like to see what they're gonna do in the playoffs i still think that they're gonna meet mahomes or maybe burrow in the afc championship game we'll see how that shapes out i do like the bills They have a real good knockout punch and be able to put teams away quickly. It's those teams that they have problems with in one possession games. They just don't win those. Number three for me, I know they lost, but they're better than the Bills and they're better than the Vikings. And I don't trust the Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't have their quarterback. They didn't have the right tackle for stretches in that game. That game was at home. That was a must win game for the Cowboys to stay awake in the division. They played the Jacksonville Jaguars the week before and they lost. They came in locked. They came in loaded and they almost won that game. If Dak Prescott doesn't convert a third and 30 Hail Mary, which people are giving Dak Prescott way too much credit for. He just threw a streak down the field because he knew he had to to T.Y. Hilton, who they signed off the streak. Three days ago, the Philadelphia Eagles are fine. They just need to get a little bit more healthier, win the game this week against the Saints, get the bye, and be good to go for the playoffs. I'll come at three. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs, my likely Super Bowl favorite if there wasn't a team at number one that we'll get to in just a second, but the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes. I love Travis Kelsey. I love the D-tackle. I love Andy Reid in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes. That's really what it comes down to. And if I line them up with other teams, I know the Bills beat them, but the Bills have been struggling. The Eagles, they lost last week, and I don't like Jalen Hurts more than Patrick Mahomes. We'll see what they do. They continue to draft and develop, draft and develop, draft and develop, and guys like George Karlofkis are coming off the edge and playing well in serviceable minutes. Jarek McKinnon having a revival. The Minnesota, the Niners running back. In Kansas City is playing super well right now. I like the Chiefs of two of my number one team of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joey Cool, Tyler Boyd, 
T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Samaj P. Ryan is a very good backup running back. Joe Mixon, the starting running back. Their defense is starting to get it together. Their offensive line, although they just lost Lionel Collins, has played well. I know. Are we in the twilight zone? The Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is playing well, but they certainly are, and I love the Cincinnati Bengals here. I just I've seen Joe Burrow too many times against Patrick Mahomes to put Patrick Mahomes over Joe Burrow in terms of teams. I still like Patrick Mahomes better as a quarterback as a whole. I like him more than Josh Allen. We'll see this weekend when they play each other. Maybe I'll have to flip some things around. But for that reason, I like the Cincinnati Bengals at one. Guys, that's the show. That's been the Daily Desert Podcast. I'm Benjamin. Dylan will be back next week. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Whether you listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or for free on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Benjamin Garcia, your host, saying good night, and we will see you all next week. Chuck it to a t-